0: Life is about perspective. It ain't what you see, it's how you see it. (laughs) And what you see is what you get. And that's what I've learned. And, and, you know, that's what I try to do to my team. I try to instill that into my team. And it's it's difficult, it's a challenge as much because we all are some total of our life experiences. And if they haven't been through it, then they surely don't understand. So I wanted to pay homage to him.
1: What makes the journey worth it? The pain. The diversity, the opposition, the challenges, the uncertainty. Why do I have to go through this? What's the lesson in this? I got a paralyzed right arm and hand. The million dollar question I get every single day is you wouldn't change what happened to you, why? Serendipity, join us for insightful dialogues about not just successes, but about failures, opposition, adversities that shape and mold the individuals to who they are today. I'm Inky Johnson, this is Serendipity. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to Serendipity with Inky Johnson. Today's guest, Lavelle Moulton. He's a husband. He's a father. He's the head basketball coach at North Carolina Central. And I feel like he's an amazing soul. And so I can't wait for you guys to hear his insight and hear his wisdom. So we're going to get right into it.
0: Coach, how you doing, man? Yes, sir. Inky J, what's happening, my man?
1: How you? I'm blessed. Hey, look, I was doing research on you and they said they used to call you
0: poetry and molten hey man <laughs> back 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 in the day when it was a little fluid you know when you 40 when you 46 you know that arthritis kick in them knees won't let you live oh, and be God. great no more but it, it was a, it was a time <laughs> yeah man they said that heyday you was a bad boy they called hey, you poetry man i tried and to molten. be tried to be tried to be like you you know how it go <laughs> it take one to know one
1: no doubt no doubt so so coach man the reason i started this platform Mm -hmm. is because you know obviously we go through things in life as people whether it be adversity opposition and i feel as if sometimes man we just don't appreciate the experiences when they don't show up in a form of which we expected and they can turn into serendipity moments right moments that we probably didn't like in the moment didn't think would work out and we get to a certain point in space and place in our life, we look back on it and we're like, man, I'm grateful for that. And so yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to pose the question to you. You know, I kind of know about your story. You brought me in to speak to the team. We've clicked. Yeah. But coming up, your journey, right? Like take me to the start, man, when you first started playing basketball and yeah. how, how that
0: started and what was that like? Man, you know what, Inc. And and you know, I, I've heard you share your story a, a like a lot. And I, I think the one thing you mentioned the word that we clicked. I think we clicked because we had shared values, mm-hmm. right? You know, it is is some things are unspoken, but no need to be said, right? Absolutely. And you can just feel that person and understand that person and how they talk, that delivery, that we all are some total of our life experiences. So you know, I think that that's what was really something that really drew us in and connected us. And so, my story is very similar to yours. You know, I, I came from, you know, what many consider the housing projects, the ghetto, whatever. And it's it's the half nots it's the outcasts, it's the, um, the 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 least of the respected, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, like I know, as a kid, you don't have a lot, so you're kind of forced to dream, mm-hmm. right? And and what we've learned in our years is that the will of your dreams can basically bring those things into fruition. You know, some may call it the law of attraction or whatever, but to answer your question, you know, I really wasn't a great basketball player coming up, you know, in the hood, we did everything I did. When I say I did everything, I did everything. My favorite sport was baseball. Wow. Right. And I, anybody that knows me will tell you he's a much better baseball player than he was basketball. Um, I was a better quarterback than I was a basketball player. I was a choreographer because originally I was from Boston, so I grew up in the same housing project as New Edition before I moved to North Carolina. Hmm. So I wanted to be a choreographer and, and be an R&B <laughs> singing songwriter. I would double dutch with the team. Like, whatever I had to do, I was gonna get out of there. So, um, you know, basketball, I really selected basketball in high school, you know, um, because everyone became bigger, faster, and stronger. And my basketball coach was also the assistant football coach. And he said, man, you're going to eventually have to make a decision. And I wanted to select baseball, but at that time, it was kind of interfering with AAU basketball. And we had, like, the number one AAU basketball team in the nation, the Riley Stars, myself, Jerry Stackhouse, Jeff Capel. Um, you know, we we were loaded. And so I said, I just wanted to devote my time and energy to basketball and try that out. Mm.
1: Man, that's wild! I didn't know you you played baseball. Like I know, like yeah. in terms of just being like from the inner city, we play everything. But I didn't know like yeah. that was your thing. Yeah. I so I
0: be it. seeing little ink out there. I was like, "Yo, yeah. that's it." I would be following. I was like, "Yo, that's that's it, right there." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's like, but a lot of, yeah. a lot of kids not doing that anymore.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I um I saw some on your Instagram, man, that you posted, and I was like, "Man, this is powerful." You posted the jersey you know, that your high school retired, and you talked about the yeah. number, right, the number 22, and you was like, a lot of yeah. people don't
0: know the backstory of why I wore the number. Can you yeah. share
1: with us that backstory,
0: Coach? Yeah, man. Um, You know, I grew up, and my best friend was a guy by the name of Victor Harris. He was one year older than me, but we played on every team together at the boys' club, every team at AAU, and he was, you know, he hit his growth spurt, and he hit the athletic – spurt way before me I was a small guy so he was much better and he was a year older Mm. and so we began playing AAU together as well and you know I think one night we're 13 years old we go to uh, Myrtle Beach South Carolina and we're arguing about something the night before because we roommates and yeah I think it ended up, we're saying like, look, well, I ain't going to pass you the ball. He's like, well, fine, I ain't going to pass you the ball. <laughs> like, you know, that's that's how we do it. And we got in a, a heated argument. The next day we're playing uh, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And two weeks prior to this, Inc., I don't know if you remember, um, a gentleman by the name of Hank Gathers, who passed. He collapsed on the floor. He played at Loyola Marymount. Wow. And he was like one of the best players in Division One. He dunked the ba- he dunked the basketball, mm-hmm. and when he was coming down the floor, he collapsed, and he passed away. And it was big news, right? This was Hank Gathers. Okay. Well, now we're in the game two weeks later, and I get a steal, and I pass the ball up to Vic. Sure. And He goes down the floor and dunked the basketball. He come back down, he shake my hand, and we foul somebody on this end. As we're lining up for the free throw, he falls face first on the ground. Wow. And he was like this comedian. I was like, yo, man, if you don't get up, yes. bro, like, I'm looking at him like, yo, like, you pulling that hit? Because yeah. he was a silly guy, yeah. right? And I'm seeing it, and then I'm seeing him shake, and I'm seeing mm-hmm. him shiver. And we run over there to him, and, you know, saliva's coming out of his mouth, and I'm calling my AAU coach. I'm just panicking. We're 13 years old at the Absolutely. time, so we don't know what to do. Everybody in the gym is going crazy. And I just look at him, and I see him take his last breath. Like I saw his, I saw him take his last breath. Eyes rolled in the back of his head. And man, I'm over him and I'm on my knees and I'm just like crying. And I'm feeling so much guilt. Like this is my man. Like everything coming through my mind. And fortunately for him, there was a hospital right beside the gym. Wow. They come in paramedics. It's the first time I ever seen them like cut his shirt. Rip them up, put the grease on. And they hollering, clear, clear. And they put the shockers on him. He's coming up off the ground. Bam, bam. And there's still no pulse. And they do that like three times. And I heard the guy tell his friend, he's done. He it, it, his, his pulse is gone. And the guy says, try it one more time. And he tried it. And they thought they had a pulse. And so they rushed him out into the hospital. I was assigned the task of calling Vic's mom, who I was at his house every day. I had to call her and tell her her son had passed. That was the worst thing I had ever, you know, at 13. Like, yeah. it's it's crazy, right? Yeah. And so I'm hearing her go crazy on the phone. So she's driving from Raleigh, North Carolina, to Murder Beach now. It's about a three-and-a-half-hour drive. Mm-hmm. So they canceled the tournament. We're forced to go home, and we think he's not going to make it. As fate would have it, he ended up living but they said the ramifications was that he'll never be able to play basketball again they had uh first time i ever heard of a pacemaker right Mm -hmm. and now his career college bound is going down the drain can't ever play again and so we also went to the same high school and from that day on i was number 10 but i said from this day forth i'm going to wear number 22 and honor that you know and pay homage to him along the way i had a decent high school career and two years ago they called me back to retire my jersey And it's packed. Um, Everyone is in there. And I just told them, listen, I'm honored that you guys are honoring me tonight, but I have to tell you the story. Mm. And I said, this is not even my jersey that's being retired. I said, it's my childhood friend, Vic Harris. And I said, I wore this jersey because of him. And I said, if you guys could do me one favor, just please stand up and give him the standing ovation that he never had Mm. but long deserved. And he was in the crowd, and I called him out, and he started crying. Really emotional moment, man. Like, it was heavy, man, because I just felt guilty. Like, that's not my number. And, mm-hmm. and that really gave me a sense of motivation to wear it well and wear it proud. And it's one of the reasons I try not to take life for granted, Ian. Like, it's, we've been through so much, and you know you can attest to your stories, man. Like, we've just been through so much, and the fight is to get people to see life through our vision. And through Excellent. our perspective, because we understand that life is about perspective. It ain't what you see is how you see it. Mm. <laughs> and what you see is what you get. Mm. And that's what I've learned. And, and you know, I, that's what I try to do to my team. I try to instill that into my team. And it's, it's difficult. It's a challenge as much because we all are some total of our life experiences. And if they haven't been through it, then they surely don't understand. So mm. I wanted to pay homage to him, you know, today on on, on social media, man, because I could only imagine.
1: That's strong, man. Like, it it makes me think about, like, when you talk about it, like, my relationship with Eric Berry. Like, I'll never forget, like, when he got to Tennessee and we just clicked, right? I'm pouring into him. I'm just helping a younger guy. I'm not thinking nothing of it. Like, he playing for the team I play for. I'm a part of Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when we get drafted, you know, and I'm watching on TV, first round, fifth pick, highest drafted DB since Sean Taylor. And I'm watching him literally walk off the stage after he dapped the commissioner up and my phone ring and it's him. And I'm like, <laughs> calling me like, right, are right, celebrating right. with your family. And he's like, big bro. I'm like, what up, man? Congratulations. I'm happy for you. And he's like, bro, I'm going to wear number 29. And I'm like, bro, you ain't got to do that. And I'm like, you ain't got to do that. Like your father was a great player. Where your father's number, man? Where, like you're a great player. Where your number? You ain't got to do that. And he was like, mm. bro, you don't know what you did for me impact you made on me and like man that touched me and so when I saw that story I'm like that's strong that's a different type of love and passion yes I, I also yes. know it could shape and alter your life in terms of what you do and how you do it mm-hmm. and so how did that moment just shape how you went about playing the game and also like now you're a coach man you're a head coach mm-hmm. North Carolina yeah. Center, the same place you played at like how did yeah. that moment shape how you went about just playing the game first and foremost, and then we'll get the coaching.
0: Yeah, you know what, man? It just it gave me the internal motivation, mm. right? Inc., you will always be a necessity mm. um, because you are one of the most, if not the best, inc- motivational speaker on earth. Mm-hmm. Ray Lewis, TD Jakes, yeah. you know Eric Thomas. The list goes on and on. No doubt. There's always going to be a necessity for guys like you Mm -hmm. and the reason because of that is it's human nature to just be average Mm. it's human nature to just want to get by Mm. high achievers don't like mediocre people and mediocre people don't like high achievers the average person would much rather have motivation because Mm. it feels good at the moment i heard you use this as a reference one time it's really like a five-hour energy drink,
1: yeah. right?
0: That gives you that shot and that yeah. rush. And when it wears off, you, you're you more tired yeah. afterwards than you were before. But yeah. it makes you feel good and it gives you that rush at that moment, mm-hmm. right? And what I found is that motivation isn't what, we actually need Mm -hmm. discipline is what we need Mm -hmm. motivation is really dangerous because it's relying upon someone else to do the work that you should be doing for yourself discipline is you actually doing the actual work right and then it's okay if somebody come in and shoot some motivation but you're not relying and depending upon that like it's a drug like it's a hit (laughs) you follow what i'm saying and so vic's story That became my discipline, right? Mm. It it just became my discipline. And if I ever wanted to feel sorry for myself because I had to run another sprint or another 22 or wake up at 6 a.m., I knew the alternative could be you could have a pacemaker, but God spared Mm. you for whatever reason that is. So while he's giving you life Mm. and breath, you need to go out here on this court, in this classroom, in everything that you do and give it all 110% because you've seen it firsthand that you don't supposed to be here. This is not just words to you. This is not just hyperbole to you. This is real. You know what I'm saying? And and you seeing your boy every single day is a daily reminder of that. And if you can't pull from that and draw from that to motivate yourself, then I can't help you no more. And so that's what it did, man. That was one of the incidents that really fueled me in life to say, Yo, get it together, bro. Mm. Get it together.
1: Mm. That's, um, that's beautiful, man. And like a lot of people can't process it that way with that perspective, right? But when right. they get it, it's amazing. Like I know now that you're coaching at North Carolina Central, you played there, great career. Like you that dude there, right? On right. The campus, right. like people see you, they like, that's that right. dude, right? And now right. you're coaching there. And with the mentality that you have, I remember I was talking to a coach one day and he was like, Inc, man, I think you'll struggle as a coach. And I was like, why you say that? He was like, (laughs) the mentality that you have and the way you was brought up dealing with this generation of cats, man, it's like a plug and play and you always having to do it. And he was like, "I I don't know if you got that level of patience right now. And I was like, I get it. And so for you, right, with what you've accomplished as a coach, like what you accomplished as a player, But now being in a position with the mentality that you possess and instilling that within the players and helping shape and mold them, just your journey as a coach. Like, how is that now with the guys that you have to get right on a daily basis?
0: Man, that's an incredible question, Inc. Because for cats like me and you, it's the biggest challenge every single day. Mm-hmm. right and not only with our not only with my basketball team mm. with my kids yeah. right because I'm see sure. how we grew up yeah. ink is crazy here's what i found mm. how we grew up we didn't have much but what the streets gave us and that environment gave us yes sir you can't get that from harvard nah. you can't get that from Yale. you can't purchase that mm-hmm. Now, it's a painful process.
1: Absolutely.
0: It's a hurtful process, and it's a lonely process. Yes, sir. But if you make it through, you have the character Mm. that far exceeds any of your peers, and that's a rarity. But the thing about being a rarity, you become a visionary. And my mom told me, she was like, listen, I want to tell you something now. When I got the job, she said, you've always been a visionary, and that's a gift and a curse. The gift is you can see things that other people can't see. Mm. But the curse is you got to sit in it alone until they're able to see it. And any, when I say. So <laughs> run that back, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to hear that again. Run yeah. back back. My, my mom told me, man, she said, you've always been a visionary. Mm. She said, and with the visionary, there's a gift and a curse. Mm. She said, the gift is you can see things that other people can't see. But the curse is you got to stand in it alone until they're able to see it. And that's the most painful process because you're constantly trying to go at 14 young men every single day because you know the world that awaits them. Mm -hmm. But they're walking around a four block insulated campus thinking this is how life is and this is as tough as it gets. Mm and you know in your heart of hearts they ain't gonna be able to swipe that id and eat for three eat three meals for free one day that's gonna run out right you you know the moment you take that jersey off you're not as cute and sexy as Mm -hmm. these girls has anointed you Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but you can't tell them that because they're in the moment and that's the fight that's the struggle and there is a generational overlap where they're just not getting it. But that's fine. I heard a quote one time, and I'm kind of paraphrasing it. Mm-hmm. The quote was, you know, children of today are arrogant. You can't tell them nothing. Uh, they don't respect authority, and da, 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 da. Well, that quote was Socrates. Mm. <laughs> that was a quote from Socrates. So, what that told me is every generation of kids mm. are rebellious. We had a rebellious spirit. Yeah. The problem is not the young men and young women. The Mm. problems are the leaders in the current positions because now we've tried to become their friends. Mm. As teachers, as parents, as coaches, we've tried to become their friends. And the more they cried out, the softer we became. Mm. And what I've found out is that it's okay to be demanding, not demeaning. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And we're so focused on giving these kids what we didn't have that we forget to give these kids what we did have. Mm. And that's my focus, is giving them what I did have. Like, yo, my mom ain't have none of this stuff. Mm. But the toughness, yes, sir. because you know, like I know, and you said it, nobody cares about how much money you had and born <laughs> with and who your mom and daddy is. No character is something you got to go through every single day and form and shape every single day. Every day. And for people like you and I, our character was formed and shaped because we was hardened by life's circumstances Mm -hmm. these people ain't necessarily going through that they're not going outside they're not getting those interactions they're not being hurt they're not being you know they're not participating they got helicopter parents who's coming to save them at every drop of a dime and so on and so forth and it wasn't like that for us Like, like you're talking about serendipity one of the greatest moments of my life man and it's I wrote a book years ago, and I started off with chapter after chapter of chapter, and it was about 13 chapters of me failing, of imperfection. The toughest thing about the book, Inc., was coming up with a title, (laughs) (laughs) and I eventually named the book The Worst Times Are the Best Times, right, which in in essence is serendipity. One of the things that I went through as a kid, I was such a great baseball player that it was natural. And I was nine years old playing in the nine through 12-year-old Little League. Our team was undefeated. Mm. And we're in the city championship game. The entire city is out here, And I got a two-run triple in the second inning. Now the score is five to four. And I come up the bat, top of the seventh inning, last inning. And it's everything that you would dream of as a kid. Mm-hmm. Base is loaded. I'm up the bat. ride or die with me it full count ink i strike out Mm. i cried like a baby man like i fell to my knees i cried like a baby they gave me like the little medal afterwards i took it i threw it away (laughs) yo it hurt me so bad (laughs) it bothered me so bad but what i what i found in that moment is that I will never, ever not be prepared anymore in my life. And I will Mm -hmm. never allow a sporting event to make me feel that way again. You know what I'm saying? And so the only way to not feel that way, you better prepare. And so when that preparation meets that opportunity, you can achieve. But at the time, at nine, it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. Mm. But it ended up being the best thing that happened to me. Because Mm. since I was nine years old, I've taken that same lesson. In that same fight and tried to apply it not only to my life but to the young men that i'm coaching every single day
1: that's strong hey look when you shared that the same (laughs) exact thing happened to my son to ink shut up man for real last summer balling get to the championship game had them one up he on his third at bat you know the first two he hit a shot right center get a double second time he hit a shot left center get a triple he up the bat last, right? Bases loaded. They up, mm. one. they up by one. Everybody on our side, like, oh, it's good. We're we finna sh- get this money. Good money. Boy went down watching, crushed him, right? Crushed him. And I'm like, man, those are the moments you want. I said, you'll get another shot. I said, just remember how it feels. Just remember it. Remember that feeling. Taste it. And you'll never have that feeling again. Got the same picture. Got the same team, got the same situation, and he he blasted it, bro, and we won. But he was appreciative of that moment. And so I love that you, you go. that. And so, Coach, I want to, you know, as I get ready to take us out, man, I want to talk about, like, with the current climate of the world and what we're facing, mm-hmm. right? With the pandemic, adversity, and opposition, a lot of right. people dealing with things and trying to navigate it. Like, what are some words that you would give? Just the people right now with what we're going through, if it's a mantra you live by, certain right. thoughts, certain way you go about your day, just drop some on us, man, as, as you take us out.
0: Yeah, man, I would say, and it's a quote I've always lived by, is that we have it in our locker room. Adversity introduces a man to himself. Mm-hmm. Like we all really think we know who we are and we say we don't do this and do that and, you know, you from the hood, so... Yeah. You know, we it, it was always dogs that wasn't on a leash, <laughs> no right? And we would walk down the street <laughs> and be like, "Yo, if he come, I'm man, he better <laughs> not run over here. I'm gonna kick him dead in his mouth for that." Like we, we were tough until <laughs> no that doubt. dog ran at us, and now we jumping on cars jumping. like we're doing completely opposite of what we said we we're gonna do. Because back then, all they had to do to clear the hood was somebody come and say, "Yo, King loose." Mm-hmm. like, "What, King loose?" Cool. Oh, we go home and it's done. Oh, and so my thing is. Adversity really introduces a man to himself. And you know, sometimes we don't have the answer as human beings. And I think that's the beauty of serendipity. Mm. Like, your faith is really being tested. You know, our people are so spiritual, right? And they can recite the Bible like the back of their hand. Mm. But it's really about the application of those verses that you're remembering, right? Because you got to apply those, and applying those are uncomfortable it's uneasy i heard a young man say this i can't think of his name but it like meant the world and i thought back like i had one of my friends is in prison um and he he committed a crime when we were like kids and he's been in there for like 25 years right Mm. and i was just listening to someone talk about like yo, going through the process is a very lonely process and i thought to myself because i was on the phone with my homeboy and he was one of the biggest, baddest, toughest guys in one of the biggest, baddest prisons in America. Mm. And the singular thing that will break those prisoners down was not physical punishment. Mm. It was if they had to go to solitary confinement and be alone.
1: Yeah,
0: If they had to go in the hole or the can and just be alone. And see, it's so uncomfortable to be alone because you feel like you're going through something. But my, my words of wisdom is that if you can go be alone and survive because you got to go through to get through and you got to get through to get to, you know what I'm saying? And so if you can make it through that on the flip side, you're better yourself. Even though this pandemic is crazy right now for all of us in whatever way, there should be some alone time that we're spending and discovering about ourselves that we really didn't know because in my mind, Hmm. we were all doing too much moving anyway. You know what I'm saying? It was always a routine of just staying on the ghost, go, go. And now we had to sit ourselves still. Just like grandma used to say, y'all go in there and sit yourself down. Sit your butt down. You know, like um, same thing for you. Like when it was a storm in, in, in your grandma's house, it's you sorry. better not turn that TV on. Don't turn right? the TV on. Through the be storm, better. go sit yourself down yeah. somewhere. Right. You better not, don't say a word while the Lord is doing his work, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what it is now. The Lord is doing his work. We got to mm-hmm. sit our butt still and, and figure out more things about ourselves so we can be better when he's done doing this work. And so we'll have another act of serendipity because that's what life is about. The serendipity moments, that process of going and then winking at God saying, man, I see why you took me here. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I've accepted that because all throughout the Bible, that's what he's done to prepare his strongest soldiers. He Mm. took them through a whole lot so they could be qualified to, to, wear the crown that he was going to place on their head, man. So that would be my my words of wisdom, you know, to anyone in eyesight or earshot of this video.
1: Man, Coach, we, we appreciate you, man. Thank you for your insight. Thank you for your wisdom, man. I know this is going to add value to a lot of people's lives, man. And I just appreciate it, chopping it up with you. I learned something. So thank man. you, man.
0: Stop, man. We we cut and paste and plagiarize everything you say and do, man. So if you wanted to sue the world for copyright, you'd be a billionaire right now, man. Trust me. Copyright and friends, man, and you, man. So thank you so much for all that you're doing and pointing to. Not only our young people, just people, man. We need you, bro. We need you. I'm serious about that, man. And just thank you so much for considering me and having me on, man. And please give your best, the love to your family as well, right? Likewise, man, I appreciate my you, guy. Man.